Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first episode of Realities of Real Estate. I'm your host, Reagan, and I wanted this first episode to be about kind of an introduction into me and who I am, how I got started in the real estate industry, and just all of the behind the scenes that you guys might not know. So I hope you enjoy. If you guys want to get into real estate, well, if you want something, you got to work hard, work, work hard for it. I was doing <laughs> contracts, whatever, I was 15 and 16. I decided, you know what? I'm going to shadow some lawyers. I'm sitting there as like a 17-year-old high schooler being like, <gasps> see you AP classes, see you college classes. All right, so I would have to probably start the story off with obviously how I got into the real estate business. So I've actually been in this industry since I was 15. Um, yeah, so for all of you guys out there going, what? <laughs> Let me explain. So um, I was dating someone at the time, full disclosure, <laughs> and he had a uh, mom who was in the real estate industry. She was an agent and she was just like, you know, I really need help kind of organizing stuff in my office or on my desk and just getting caught up on the paperwork. Because um, for those of you who don't know, um, real estate is very up and down. It's um, You really have those weeks where you're just like super slammed and then you have a week or a few days where you're just like, oh, Okay, do, 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 do. So, um, but on those weeks that you are just slammed, um, paperwork is kind of like the last thing on your mind. So whenever you get to that point to where you're really busy, um, it really helps whenever you have an admin or some sort of helper transaction coordinator to kind of help you get all that organized. So, but anyway, so I was like, hey, I'll help out for, you know, 10 bucks an hour. And um, I thought that was just a pretty cool job. So, um, I started helping her with the paperwork. I started organizing her files. I started, um, eventually filling out and prepping the contracts for her, um, before she would take them to clients to sign and everything. And, um, I would just do a bunch of other things like handwritten cards and notes and just a bunch of stuff that most people are like they need to do, but don't have time to do or don't want to do. So, um, I ended up being... I'm pretty good at it. And it's just funny because I remember getting dropped off at the office by um, my older friends and stuff because I, I couldn't drive. And I would walk into this office and this, you know, lady who was like two to three times my age would be staring at me be like, uh, can I help you? <laughs> Be like, yeah, I'm, I'm here to help so-and-so. <laughs> and I just walk on back. It was always just very strange. Um, but I really enjoyed it. I really loved doing it. So, But anyway, so I started um, kind of getting the reputation that I was really good at what I was doing. And um, some other agents started to reach out. And um, I kind of got referred out to help other people whenever I wasn't helping that original agent I started for. So um, one thing led to another. And then I started working for one pretty much full time. Um, you know, I was still in high school. So I was still uh, taking classes and everything at that point. And so I would go and work for her pretty much every day after school, um, weekends sometimes, every 
fall break, spring break, summer break. Um, summers, I worked full time. Um, it was kind of funny because, you know, my friends would be all, you know, partying on spring break or doing something and I'd literally be working. But it was funny because I was making like a few grand here and there um, just working, you know, 60 hour 40 hour work week sometimes um making 10 bucks an hour and they'd be like what how did you get all this money i so i was working full time in the summers and everything and then everyone kind of was telling me you know you'd be a really good real estate agent you'd be really good at this you're good with people you kind of you know you already know what to do and everything and as time went on, obviously, I got my license and I was driving. I was going to houses. I was helping stage houses. I was helping, um, you know, bring the contracts or the signs out and occasionally, like, letting people in houses and stuff like that. So I was, you know, at open houses. Like, I was doing um, a lot of different things. And I was posting on social media for the agents. Like, I was just kind of doing pretty much anything that they asked me to at that point. But I was just like, no, you know, I, I'm i not interested in that as a career. I, I really like psychology. I really like law. I think I want to be a lawyer. So um, this was my junior year of high school. And I was like, so I was just really against the idea of real estate becoming my career for some reason. <laughs> I just had always grown up on the idea that I need to go to college. Um, I need to be straight A student. I need to, you know, go to college, get a scholarship, don't have debt, but get a good job and, you know, all of the typical stuff. So, um, and I had really been into psychology, but then I was like, uh, they don't make a whole lot. <laughs> and I was like really money driven back then. And so I was like, oh, okay. And then I was like, well, you know, I've, I've always been into true crime and, you know, criminal minds and <laughs> you know all of the true crime podcasts and Netflix shows and stuff like that. And I'm very, very justice oriented. Um, I've always kind of been that way. So I was like, you know, maybe I'll go into criminal law or become a criminal profiler or something like that. So I was like, all right, let's let's go check it out. So I went and toured um, some campuses and I was just like, I'm not doing real estate. I'm not doing real estate. I'm not doing real estate. I'm going to be a lawyer. And um, I was like, OK, uh, I, I went and talked to a law professor and I was like, yeah, I think I want to be a criminal profiler. And he's like, that doesn't exist. It's like, okay. Uh, all right. So what about a, you know, criminal lawyer then? And he's like, yeah, yeah, but you have to do six to eight years of college, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, whoa, six to eight years of college. That's a long time. But I was like, okay, I could do it though. And I was like, well, maybe what I should do is shadow some lawyers, get some experience, kind of like I have in the real estate field. So, um, I decided to shadow a few lawyers, kind of see how I felt, and um, what ended up happening was pretty interesting because I was so dead set on going to law school, and it's just funny how things change so quickly. And I, I would highly recommend if any of you guys are planning on going into a certain career or industry right away, like you're in high school and you know what you want to do, and you're like, yes, I want to be a doctor, a lawyer engineer, whatever, um, I would 
10 out of 10 recommend shadowing someone in that field first and really truly seeing like the behind the scenes and if you really like it because there's just a lot that um I think maybe high school or even college doesn't necessarily prepare you for. And there's just a lot behind the scenes that, you know, it's it's not like Criminal Minds Netflix show. <laughs> so, um, so here's kind of what happened. It was crazy. So I met up with a family lawyer. She was kind of like a divorce attorney. And... Met her at the courthouse downtown, and I was just kind of sitting in the back, taking some notes, like, you know, looking all professional and all that stuff as a 17-year-old girl. So um, she was doing her thing at the front, and this was, I, I don't really know how to explain it. I don't really know what the technical legal term is called, but basically uh, tons of lawyers and tons of clients were all in the same courtroom, and they were just kind of taking turns declaring to the judge like what their update was, what they needed, or whatever. Um, so she was doing her thing at the stand, and um, I was kind of taking notes and I was just looking around and there's this lawyer and his client are sitting um, like a few feet away from me and I can see the lawyer kind of goes back and whispers in his client's ear. He's telling him something and um, I look down at my notes and then I look up because I hear a, a huge smack <laughs> and I look up and the client has just backhanded his lawyer across the face two feet away from me. And this guy, like, it wasn't just like some young punk. He was like a grumpy old man. Like he was, he had a serious attitude. Like he looked like he hated his life. And so he just backhanded this lawyer in court in front of the judge. So the judge calls security and has the police escort him out. So that was very interesting. And, um, so that was, um, experience number one. <laughs> I was like, okay, well, this is, this is interesting. And so, um, I go and I speak with the lawyer afterward, just kind of telling her what I think I'd want to be. And she was kind of like, oh yeah, like you'll probably want to be like a defense attorney or something and like kind of work for the public for a little while before getting your own firm. And I was like, dang, so I'm gonna have to like go to school for six to eight years and then work as a public defense attorney and then I might get into like a private part. I was just kind of thinking, okay, this is really extending a long time, like just to climb the ladder a little bit. So, but I was like, I was still interested. He was like, I'm going to be a lawyer. So, you know, let's see some criminal law. So I went and shadowed a criminal lawyer next. And I went all the way out to Wagner County Courthouse. I don't know if you guys are from Tulsa that are listening to this, but Wagner is a bit of a drive. It's, it's kind of out there. Um, but, oh, and it was so funny because the first day, like, he told me wrong. He was just texting me like, oh, meet at this time at this day and stuff. And I drove, like, oh, like an hour or so out there to the courthouse. And I was like, hey, um, I think the courthouse is closed. I don't see any cars here. Like, I'm texting and calling them. They should kind of like, um, do I have the wrong address? And he's like, oh, sorry. I totally told you the wrong date. <laughs> I was like, okay. So just drove an hour for nothing. Um, so I drove all the way back and I met him back out there the next day. And, um, that was pretty cool. I got to see him in action and everything. And I was just, 
you know, again, taking notes. I was sitting next to this TU grad that was interning with him and we were just, I don't know, just talking about like all the things we were going to do in law and how, how we thought the case was going and stuff like that. And the next day I rode with him in the car, um, the lawyer, his assistants and the intern that he was with. And so, um, on the way there, they were just kind of asking about things and stuff like that. I just thought, oh yeah, this is pretty cool. Like this is going to go well. And, um, we went back to the courthouse and it was kind of a petty lawsuit. It was criminal, but it was a very interesting story. <laughs> so anyway, I just thought I have the jurors all figured out. I can read their faces, you know, from my however many years of binging criminal minds. I was just thought I had it all figured out, obviously. It made total sense. Um, but I was looking at their faces and I'm like, oh, she's ticked off about that girl. Like, she's going to vote against her. And then I was like, oh, no, he's totally on our side. Look how he's nodding. Like, look how he's smiling and everything. And I was just so confident that we were going to win. They went to deliberate and everything. They went to kind of think about what they wanted to say, not guilty, guilty, all that good stuff. They came out pretty quickly. Like, it was probably only an hour or so, which is pretty rare. Um, that doesn't usually, it takes a little bit longer, but they came out and basically the, it ended up in a tie. I was like, okay, first of all, I didn't even know ties were a thing in court. I, I don't even know if it was like a hung jury. I think it was more of like, literally they, they thought both parties were kind of guilty and kind of dumb. So like they didn't even, nobody really won. Nobody really lost. It was kind of a weird situation. And I was just really dumbfounded and I was kind of like, oh, that sucks. And um, so on the ride home, he was just asking his assistants and intern. he's just like, oh man, was there anything I could have done better? Was there anything I should have done different? Um, and he was just kind of beating himself up a little bit just cause he didn't win. And he's obviously every person would be proud of having a good winning streak and stuff. So, um, but he just sounded so disappointed and unsatisfied. And I guess it, the more and more he kind of described it, it was more like he had spent lots of hours on this case and um, it didn't really pay that well and he was just disappointed. And I don't know, the more and more I was just like, man, do I want to go to school for eight years for this? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> this isn't the O.J. Simpson type of stuff I thought it would be. <laughs> so I... um really thought long and hard about that some of that stuff I started talking to my parents started talking to like some people about you know well what if I did just do real estate like what if I um, got my license and just didn't go to college and did that full-time because at first I thought I could go to college and do real estate but that's like impossible not that you can't do it it's just that literally real estate's a full-time job and you have to have such a flexible schedule. And if you don't, it's, it's very hard. Um, that being said, I did work a full-time job when I first got my license. So, I mean, I, it's possible, but it would be very, very hard. Um, especially if I went to school somewhere out of Tulsa and I didn't really know the market well or anyone there. So I was like, you know what? Screw it. Screw the ACT. 
screw high school classes, screw college classes. Um, I, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna get my license. So my first semester of my senior year, I was, um, taking the online course in class. I literally, while everyone else was playing, you know, Clash of Clans and looking through Instagram and Snapchat (laughs) on their phones, I was taking tests, I was taking notes, I was doing my real estate course. And usually, like, while movies were playing and stuff, like, I was trying to get that done. Like, I just wanted to get it done as fast as possible. And um, cause you could take it as soon as you turned 18. So I was already 18. So I was like, I'm just going to do this and I'm going to start working as soon as possible. So the first time I took the test, I passed the course. And then, um, the first time I took the actual state test, I failed and I was so depressed. I was so devastated. Honestly, I, and also I learned that I only failed by like a few percentage points and there's like, hundred questions or something on the test. So like I knew if I got maybe like three to five more questions right, I would have passed. And I was so pissed off. I was so mad. And I was like, oh no, this is a sign. Like this, I'm not supposed to do real estate anymore. It's not for me. Like I failed. (laughs) Um, But luckily my parents talked some sense into me and um, made me realize that, well, if you want something, you got to work hard for it. And um, kind of made me realize that I I think I kind of went into that first test thinking I had it in the bag just because I had been working in the industry since I was 15. I already passed the course. I kind of flew through it. I had have always been like a straight A student, kind of like a a pretty good test taker, Um, not like exceptional or anything. I always usually had to study some, but I was usually, you know, pretty good. So I just, I don't know. I just felt like I, I had it, but... It was definitely unlike any college or high school test that I have ever taken. I mean, it was it was very hard because it wasn't just stuff that you memorize and can repeat. Um, it was all very situational and it had questions and the answers were like, um, you know, two of the answers were correct, but you had to choose which one was most correct. <laughs> So very, very hard. Um, That being said, many people still pass it and they um, don't know a lot about real estate at all. But so it's still passable. But um, I decided I was like, you know what, I'm going to take it a second time, study harder. So I did. And I passed with flying colors. That's literally what the guy said after I got out of the test taking room. Um, He said, I... I like blew it out of proportion because most people don't pass that high. So I was really proud of myself after that. And um, that was still in the first semester of my senior year. And after I passed it, I went to the counselor at the high school and I was like, I need to do online classes next semester. So I switched to taking all online classes. Um, high school and some college ones still. So I was still a full-time student with full-time classes. I was also trying to get my own clients. So um, I was doing the online classes at night when I could, and I was also just working 
I mean, nine to five at the minimum, sometimes more. And then I was trying to show my own clients that I would get after my nine to five. And so I was literally working 24 seven that second semester and all through the summer. Um, But it really, it paid off. At first it was really um, hard. It was kind of slow because I mean, that's just how it is in starting off with any business. But um, the more and more I got in touch with some leads and everything, the more things I did, um, I started to do pretty good. And I even had nine and pending by that July. And um, it I remember being pretty proud of myself because there was a few colleagues that I was working with and they were like, oh, that's more than me right now. So I was like, oh, that's awesome. So I mean, not not saying that's like awesome, but it was just it was just cool because I my parents, whenever I originally started this, I mean, they were like, we're going to be excited if you sell one house kind of thing. And by the time the year was over, I sold, um, I think around 15 and I produced about like 1.5 million. And, um, that's not a whole lot. If you're like on the East or West coast, that's probably like a small house where you're from, but, um, for Tulsa, Oklahoma, where, you know, the average, you know, price of the house is like hundred, 150. It was, it was pretty good. And I was even doing, I mean, I had a few houses that were like 200 K, but I had a lot that were like 60 (laughs) K and everything. You kind of just take whatever you can get whenever you're first starting off. So yeah, that's kind of how I got into it. And that's how I got started. And, um, at first the idea was that I might still go to college, but the more and more I did it, the more and more I was like, no, I I think I'm going to make this my career. So, um, so I'll kind of go into some of the things that I like and don't like about this job. So things that I like is that um, it's really cool seeing all the different houses. And I really do like connecting with people and helping them fix their problems and um, helping them find a perfect home and just helping them like through tough situations and being that person that can negotiate for them, can get them the deal that they want, can make the thing happen. Um, That's pretty cool. And I also, it is... It is kind of cool because you do get to pick your own hours. Um, A lot of people, that's one of the first things people talk about whenever they ask about, you know, what my work is like. They ask about, oh, you know, you're your own boss. You get to work whenever you want. You get to pick your own hours. And that's all, that's all true. Um, But honestly, you kind of have to work more than just the typical nine to five. You really have to work, I mean, from most people, it's like from the second they wake up till when they go to bed. And that's, you know, that is seven days a week. And some of my busiest times are the weekends and weeknights, because if you think about it, um, when people want to see houses, they want to do it whenever they're not working. So that's usually weeknights and weekends, unless they have um, a strange job or they're on a week, off a week, or just work different type of hours. But that's usually what my weeknights and weekends are like and then Sundays you have the open houses Um, and then during the day you're doing contract work you're doing like um, you're setting up appointments you're reaching out to leads that you haven't heard from in a while you're scheduling social media posts you're kind of doing all the 
the busy work and the lead generation work. Um, and then at night and the weekends or whenever you have appointments or whenever, um, that's kind of whenever you're trying to turn those leads into contracts. So, um, it's definitely interesting. Um, so I will say, even though you do get to pick your own hours, um, sometimes that's really hard because <laughs> again, you're, you're, you're kind of on call. You're almost like anytime, if someone calls you and says, Hey, I want to go see this house in an hour. Like, you know, you, you got to run and go get that. Otherwise they're going to call someone who can meet them there. Um, and believe me, someone else will, if you don't. So that, and that's happened, honestly, that's happened before. If I don't follow up on a lead, I kind of forget about them for a week or two, or I'm not available right away. They'll go to someone else and they'll buy a house with someone else. People are usually not really loyal unless um, they have like met you and really established a relationship. At that point, most people are loyal if they like you, obviously. <laughs> but you know, if they're just calling a random person on the phone that they've never even seen before, they really don't have any loyalties. They're just trying to get in the house. So um, you really have to be disciplined with your time. You really, even though you're your own boss, you you pretty much have to take over the role of the boss and the employee. Um, you have to be strict and disciplined with yourself enough to say like, no, um, you can't just quit at four o'clock in the afternoon because you're tired. <laughs> you have to keep going because otherwise you're not going to get paid in 60 days. And um, on the other hand, that can also look like you know, you can go to brunch with your friends at 11 o'clock on a Thursday because they have some downtime um, because you worked until 10 o'clock last night kind of thing and you got some stuff in going. I mean, it's not like you just it's all work and no play. There are some people like that, but I wouldn't say that's healthy at all. But I guess what I'm trying to get at is just because you're your own boss doesn't mean that you get to just slack off and choose your own hours and just work whenever you want to, because you definitely eat what you kill in this business. So that can be kind of stressful. That can be kind of pressuring. And even though on one hand, I do like how real estate's always changing. Um, there's always something new with each transaction. Um, sometimes it gets overwhelming that it's never ending kind of. Sometimes it feels like it's hard to celebrate a closing because you know, okay, yes, I closed this one, but how am I going to get paid two months from now? Or how am I going to get paid next week or, you know, a month from now? Because it takes in Tulsa and Oklahoma, it takes about 30 to 45 days to close. And some people start looking at houses up to like six months to a year before they're truly ready. So sometimes you're kind of working a lead uh, and talking with them about six months before they're actually ready. So say you get, you know, a new lead and you're like, hey, I'll send you some properties over email. And um, they kind of look every now and then, but they're like, well, we're really not ready until this summer. And so you're like, okay, well, I'll check back with you in the summer and springtime kind of. Um, 
if you forget to kind of follow up with that lead periodically, um, then your summer check is now gone. <laughs> um, because all that and that happens all the time. Um, I'll get tons of people that says, we're not ready right now, but we'll call you whenever we are. And they do end up, you know, panning out. Um, sometimes it just takes people a little bit, but you definitely have to keep um, working the leads no matter what their time frame is. And once they are in contract, it still takes about a month to close unless it's a really easy peasy loan and you can close early. But um, basically, if I don't have something in contract this month, today, I don't get paid next month. So it doesn't necessarily matter what closings I had this month if I don't have some more coming in for next month. Um, so that's kind of why it's an up and down business. So that can be overwhelming at times, especially if you're having a slow week and you're like, what do I do, what do I do, what do I do, what do I do? Um, and then at other times, it's great because you literally have so many clients that you can't even keep up with them kind of thing. Um, so that's kind of the things that I, I like and don't like. Um, some awards and achievements I've gotten and then some failures and lessons learned. Um, I'll kind of go with the awards first. So with the awards, um, I did start a team. I have a business partner. His name is Robert Smith. Uh, we formed the Tulsa Living Group and we plan on expanding our team, hopefully in the near future. But we did um, get to have our own office. We we got recognized as um, with a unicorn award, which is kind of something cute our office did to kind of showcase how other agents in the office are really working hard to stand out um, among the crowd and everything and just really um, make themselves known. So they saw how hard we were working and all of the seats that we were sewing. And so they decided to give us that award. And um, a lot of people have seen a lot of the productions and the work that we we're trying to do. So that's why we got our office. And we also hit executive club this year, which is pretty cool. It's the first time I've hit um, a ranking for production. And um, I also got, and I didn't know this was happening, but it's more of an achievement. It's not necessarily an award, but it's, I got number three three out of the top 20 uh, agents on social media in all of Tulsa. So to kind of put into perspective, there's over 4,000 agents in all of Tulsa, and they picked 20 out of those 4,000 to um, showcase that they were amazing agents on social media and they did great marketing and everything like that. And out of those 20, I got number three. So I was within the top three. So that was really cool. And I had no idea that was coming. So um, it was kind of cool to get a message saying, hey, look at this article. So um, so those are some pretty cool things. Um, and obviously just the fact that I'm a 20-year-old real estate agent who um, – a lot of people, like none of my clients know that. Uh, so if you are an old client of mine, surprise. <laughs> um, and you're listening to this right now. Um, but just knowing that I'm, I am a little bit younger, I, I have some insecurities with that just because I want my clients to take me seriously. Because um, I have been in it for, you know, 
four to five years now. So I, I do know what I'm doing and I do produce and sell really well. However, there are some times where, you know, you can tell just some people look at you a little different because you're, you know, helping someone twice your age buy a house. So, but, um, some of the failures or lessons learned I've had, I kind of hit on that a little bit earlier. Just there's been several times where I got really overwhelmed or busy or I didn't pay attention enough to some of the leads that I got and they got kind of old and um, you know, maybe three, four months later down the road when I things kind of slowed down, I started reaching out to the leads again, but they've all bought another house with someone else. And I just think like, oh, if I just would have stayed in front of them, that would have been another closing. That would have been another client. That would have been another paycheck, another review, another. So that that's always really hard um, because it's not necessarily like a lack of um, hard work or effort, but it's just like, man, if you're not smart about your time or if you're not motivated and just doing it every single day, um, I mean, there's other people out there who will outwork you. So, um, that's, that's been a, a pretty hard thing. And then also I would say I've had to learn the hard way that, like I said earlier, I'm very justice oriented and I had to learn the hard way that, um, like things aren't always black and white. Um, sometimes you can do everything right in a transaction and your clients can even do everything right in a transaction and they can still get wronged and it doesn't, you know, you might not get like an apology for it. You might not, um, it might not go your way. Like there might not be justice for it. Basically. Um, there's been lots of times where I did everything right. My client did everything right, but you know, the other side or the other party did something to completely kind of screw us over a little bit. And I have to try to fight for my client and try to, um, win their side, but real estate law is a little bit different than just, you know, normal because, there's so many different factors and people involved in a transaction that you literally can't predict what could happen. And so real estate law, you know, there's laws in place that cover a general base for people and buyers. So the majority of people are protected. I mean, the laws are there and they're good, but they can't cover every single specific situation. And so there's been several times this year, and this is one of the reasons I decided to start a podcast is because I have been told the transactions that I have gone through and some of the things that I've had to face are literally one in a million. This never happens. I've never heard of this before. Like I get told that over and over and over again. And it's just, it's just funny because it's like every single transaction, there's something that happens that never happens. <laughs> like something that's really unique, really rare, doesn't typically happen on a normal transaction, but it happens to me. So, and like I said, it's usually not my fault. It's usually not even my client's fault, like 99% of the time, but just some things happen that end up being crazy and you just got to work through it. So, um, and sometimes you can do everything right and it still um, doesn't end up going your way. And that's been, that's been kind of hard, but you know, that's what 
you know, makes it interesting, I guess. <laughs> and so that kind of brings me to why I want to start this podcast. I definitely wanted to go over some of the crazy situations I've had, um, because not only do I think they'd be entertaining and looking back on them funny, but I also think people could kind of learn from some of the situations that my clients have sometimes put themselves in or things that just happened to them. And it could kind of help you either be prepared if you're looking to buy a home or, you know, other agents out there just wanting to get some advice and experience from some of the crazy things that I've experienced. So, um, so some things that you can expect from the podcast, there are some things that I want to talk about that have been true experiences. And I think, everyone can learn from. And I mean, they're just straight up crazy. They are just straight up crazy stories. And I'll just put this disclaimer out here now. Um, I'm not going to use real names. I'm not going to use real addresses. And um, so don't ask. (laughs) And um, I'm not going to do that. But I am going to change names. And I'm not going to be too specific about any details that could um, come back to harm anyone, of course. But you just have to kind of laugh about it when I when looking back. Um, Some other things are I'm going to interview some other people in the industry. I'll interview other agents, um, lenders, you know, insurance agents. I'll kind of interview just different people. Hopefully, eventually I can get some clients on here too. (laughs) That might be kind of scary, but um, but yeah, I'll interview um, other people to kind of get a different perspective from just me. Um, on the industry or just some of their crazy stories that they can tell as well. And another thing is tips and tricks for um, people who are looking to get into the industry, the real estate industry. Um, I get tons and tons of questions about how do I become a realtor and how do I get started and investing in real estate and doing all of the things. So I wanted to kind of give you guys some um, tricks of the trade a little bit about advice that I have, um, how to get started in that as well. And then lastly, I'm also just going to have some more educational but also funny um, episodes on attacking myths and stereotypes that are pretty typical for realtors and real estate in general, just like... Um, for example, Zestimates. Okay, guys, if any of y'all come to me and say, well, Zillow says my home's worth this much. <sighs> no, <laughs> no, 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 no. Zillow is very incorrect 99% of the time. Um, Zestimates are not accurate at all. Um I, I cringe whenever I hear that word. Um, and I think 99% of realtors are gonna agree with me on that one, but it's kind of funny and it's something that most people who have never really gone through that process, I mean, they don't know. So I just think it'd be good for some people to kind of know um, some of that stuff as well and add a little bit of an entertaining twist to it. So, but anyway, so that's kind of a little bit about who I am, what I do and um, kind of what to expect with this podcast so i hope you guys are going to stick around and listen to the rest and i hope you enjoy thanks for listening guys 